We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. I am loving our new shop, which FYI, the link has changed. It's now just shop.pageantplanet.com. So changing the game once again. Um, But this time, this is really cool. We've partnered with some of our retailers that we feature on our site, and we are putting gowns and dresses onto our shop site. So really accessible, see the gowns, and they're shipped right from the retailer, which is pretty cool. So we dropped the the and we picked up some retailers. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about this partnership with the retailers and kind of what we're selling, what the girls can get, and how it all works. Yeah, so I think many of our listeners are already familiar with our image galleries where we feature gowns, fun fashion, interview dresses sometimes. So you're able to go and like window shop essentially, but not necessarily buy. So what we've done is we've contacted some retailers and we've said, okay, we want to see how we can be the middleman in this and protect our clients and bring them to you, which is really cool because it cuts out like you having to go to the shop, especially if they're not near you, but they have the item you want. So if you go to shop.pageantplanet.com and go to dresses, you'll see we have a couple of dresses on the site and the retailer ships it directly to you. You have four days, try it on. If It's free shipping to get the dress, and then you can return it, which is unheard of in the formal wear industry. Yeah, so you can return it back, and then, I mean, what does the inventory look like? I mean, is there, like, massive quantities and all this stuff? Are they one-offs? I mean, how does that work? So right now, it's just one-offs. These are really exclusive pieces. So, like... Um, we probably have like one of each item in stock in various sizes and on each item, it will tell you how each runs and it also has the brand. So if you're a little bit hesitant, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is my size. Well, you can look up the size charts based upon the designer. And then we also have some tidbits too about what we think about the sizing. Yeah. And I feel like I've never worn a dress before, but I feel like dresses fit the same way of jeans. Like when I go to express or, you know, Armani exchange or whatever, it's like, I know like certain sizes sizes that they wear that or that they have that I wear so is it the same with dresses it is the same like so for example like MacDougall um in my opinion runs small so I know that I typically have to size up in MacDougall which is not a problem I just have to know that going in whereas I feel like Sherry Hill runs more true to size um but I mean it's just based on the manufacturer their models their their mannequins, whatever they use to size things. So yeah, it's important to look up the size chart for each designer, regardless if you're buying it from us or somewhere else. Okay, so they go to shop.pageantplanet.com, and then mm-hmm. once they get on there, where can they find the dresses? So they can. So in our subcategory, you can just find dresses, and it's really quick and easy. Okay, awesome. Well, go pick your size and get it shipped to you for free. Try it. Give it a go. If you don't like it, send it back. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we're going to discuss how to make the most out of your volunteer opportunities. Jesse, set the stage for us. So in pageantry, Stephen, most pageants, if not all pageants, you're expected to have some level of community service in your pre-pageant plans or your duties as a title holder. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And like nothing to me is more cringeworthy than a title holder or contestant arriving at a volunteer opportunity and not only feeling, but looking awkward and out of their element. It's, It's painful. 
Yeah, like when they go in there and they're like, I'm supposed to be here, but I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure if I even belong. Am I underdressed, overdressed? Mm -hmm. It's just like lots of, it's deer in the headlights. It's not comfortable for anyone. And like this is especially true for natural introverts, those new to the spotlight. But for to build up your resume, like you need to kind of be the one that goes out there and gets these opportunities, like contact schools, groups, organizations, and book your own appearances because they often might not come to you. So you need to just build up your calendar and do these appearances. And, you know, they might not always be directly correlated to your platform. So you have to get creative. So it's like not necessarily an organization that you have a direct connection for, or you have a contact with, you just have to go out there get the appearance and follow through and you might not know what to do. You might feel a little bit awkward when you get there. So we wanted to give you some ideas to make the most of it. Okay. So how can they do that? So the first opportunity is to like read aloud. Um, and this is really appropriate when you're going to younger audiences or schools or youth organizations because they're a captive audience and they love a story with great illustrations. Yeah. And I mean, what little girl or little boy for that matter doesn't like, they love to look at girls in crowns and a sash. And for sure. the thing I like about it too is you're just there and you're reading a book. It's not like you have to prepare a speech or anything. You just show up, you're interactive, and you read. Totally. And my pro tip for this, and this is my favorite tip, because nothing is like worse than like you having to flip the book and you're reading it and then you turn it over and you're showing them the picture and then you flip it back. It's just cumbersome. So my suggestion is print out all of the words in the book, type them up, print them out, tell yourself in that printout where you have to turn the page, et cetera. That way you can just hold the book facing them the entire time. You can read from your script, look up, turn the page, interact with them, et cetera. It just takes one less like disconnector out of the equation. That's so cool. Okay. So how mm-hmm. can they prepare for it? And then as a caveat, like where can they find these opportunities? Yeah. So you can, so first of all, you have to choose a book that aligns with your goals, your message, or the lesson you want to leave behind. Because you're not just going to read the book and be like, okay, goodbye. You're probably going to talk about it afterwards, probably going to share a story about your life that connects you to that book. Um, And I would highly suggest steering clear of overdone books that they've likely already heard. A lot of people will pick like their favorite childhood book, but realistically, your favorite childhood book's probably in high circulation, um, unless it's really unique. So try to go out of your comfort zone to find a book that you think is unique. And honestly, it would be an even better idea to contact the teacher of the class, leader of the organization, and ask for a suggestion of either books they've already done, books they are suggesting you to bring, or topics that they're focusing on in their class or group right then. Mm, that's good. I like the the kids book that I grew up with is if you give a mouse a cookie. And to this day, my mom and I still talk about it. But that's the name. It's of so the, true. It's, too. Yeah, it's the name of the book. Have you ever did you ever read that one? I did. And I also like the hungry caterpillar. I, I didn't read that one. <gasps> oh, my God. Classic. <laughs> Scandal. Scandalous. Yes. Well, you know, can I can I just like tangent yeah. for one second? The book that I used to love and I look back on and I don't anymore is The Giving Tree. Did you ever read The Giving Tree? I feel like I've seen it. I don't know. I'm going to say no. And it's by Shel Silverstein. And essentially, long story short, this this is it's about a tree and a little boy. And this tree watches this little boy grow up. And when the little boy is tired, the tree gave him a shady place to, to rest. When 
the boy needed a canoe to support his family and become a fisherman, he chopped off the the tree and the tree was always happy to support this boy, right? The tree, that was the moral of the story. The tree is always happy. Mm -hmm. But the tree like never got anything back. (laughs) That's not a healthy relationship. He just took and took and took. And I get it. Like I love being happy for other people, but this poor tree got used and abused by this boy in my opinion. It was some jaded mom like, I give you my life and I'm happy to do it. Seriously, who hasn't heard their mom (laughs) say that? So yeah, if, if you disagree, I would love to hear why, but yeah, agreed. unpopular opinion there. Well, no, so as you spoke through it, I do remember that one. I do remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if children's books are even total right, like, but I wonder if they're even as popular as they were because, like when we were a kid, because now you got YouTube, and all the kids just watch YouTube or other you know, television things. I don't disagree with you there. I still think like for I'm in the baby phase of my life. A lot of my friends are having children and all of them um, are either asking for books as the card in place or in place of a card for their gift or they're asking for books as gifts. So I feel like we may be circling back to like a cycling through another generation where books will become like a thing again. Yeah. Okay, cool. Whoa, long tangent. Yeah, very long tangent. Okay, so steering it back. So finding books, any suggestions of where to go as far as to find book reading? Um, opportunities? Well, I would just say like, call your local elementary school, call your local Girl Scouts, call your local boys and girls clubs. Think about anyone that would have a group of young people, probably like third grade and below, um, that would be able to, I mean, they're always looking for activities. They're not a stripping curriculum from that age group. So it's easier to get in at a moment's notice if you needed to. Got it. Okay. So what's the, what's the, um, the second way that people can get the most out of their volunteer opportunities? So the second thing is you can do a sing-along, and this is great for any contestant that has a special talent for singing. Um, I will go further and say I think this is obvious, but if you are not at least a reasonably good singer, definitely steer clear of this. But there are plenty of pageant girls who are used to the stage, that love to perform, that are great singers. Got it. So, um, all right. So give us the details of how to make the most out of a a sing-along volunteer opportunity and kind of what it looks like. I mean, give yeah. us some, a few different examples. So I saw this firsthand. My, my dad's a musician and he would every year volunteer at um, a nursing home or an elderly facility and he would go sing Irish songs to them and they would sing along and like that was the best. Like they were reminiscent on their history, on their like time as a kid with their family having sing-alongs. So those are really the demographics I suggest. So I suggest young kids and I suggest like the elderly retirement homes, etc. Just because like they're the most engaged audience. Like that teenage group is totally gonna reject this because like they're too cool to sing along, right? right? So how to prepare is knowing your audience. So if you were to visit, say, a children's hospital, Disney songs are like the perfect lineup. They can sing along. They'll participate. They'll know all of the songs. But as I mentioned, like with the elderly, you will definitely not be able to do Disney songs because they just won't connect with the same lineup. So how to prepare for this would be to, again, like we said, you have to do your research, reach out to either like the facilitators that oversee these organizations and and ask about favorite songs or artists because they know these attendees best and they'll be able to steer you in the right direction. So it may require you learning some songs um, that you might have never learned before. But again, expanding your horizons, making you more well-rounded, all good things. Yeah. And, you know, this is a it is a time proven strategy for me and I use it 
everywhere and it works amazing. So when I'm out to eat, I ask the server, hey, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Mm-hmm. Right? Or what do you recommend here? When I walk into Express or Guess, I'm like, hey, what do you think would look good on me? They know their store. They know their inventory. So I just say like, hey, would you mind bringing me back a few things or pointing me out to a few things that you like? And I don't normally, I don't do that on like a Saturday, like when they're like slam packed. But if I go in on a random Tuesday, it's just me and like a few of the sales clerks and they mm-hmm. love it, right? Um, they bring it back and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take these items and then I'll get it. Um, I've also done this like when I'm at hotels, like in a new city, asking mm-hmm. them. And so just asking the people, what do you want or what did you like to do? It creates some really memorable, really great experiences. People love being considered an expert, right? So if you are looking to make long-term relationships through these volunteer opportunities because you never know where they will help you lead or like you may find yourself, okay, every month I'm going back to this retirement center or this elementary school and really forming a relationship here. The best way to do that is to make these contacts with the people that run the show and make them feel like they're important, which they are because they're helping you out. So say, you know, you know your community best. Can you shed some light on this? And then afterwards say, you know what? I'm so grateful that you provided me that background. It made today so much better. And they'll see that you care enough to go the extra mile. It's just a good, a good practice to have all around. Awesome. All right. So what's the third different type of volunteer opportunity and how can they make the most of that one? Um, so the next one, again, is for our musically inclined friends that maybe not those that have the voice of a songbird. It's play a musical instrument. And a lot of the similar rules apply here that we just talked about. The only difference is unless you're like a skilled pianist or um, other musician where like people you're good enough where people can sing along, you won't get distracted or like you can keep up tempo. Um because otherwise it's not really interactive. Instead of just like going and playing a set of five songs, like a concert, I would suggest like stopping between each song, like you would like something more interactive. So you can tell a story about the background of the song you're about to play or about the artist. So some, some way that makes it more of a two way street versus just you plop down, you play your instrument and you head home, like make those connections with the people that are, enjoying your talents. Yeah. And I could totally see that this could turn in something like, um, where if you have a small group of individuals, like 10 or 15, mm-hmm. um, and you're doing like the group sounds, like, have you ever done kind of the rain exercise where it's like thunder and you're slapping your thighs yeah. and then it's like, you know, with your, uh, what is it? Your thumb and middle finger <laughs> you're sna- doing the Snapping. snaps like yeah that, that's what we're working with there <laughs> to symbolize rain and then it's like shh, you know so anyways so doing things of that nature incorporating into group exercise i mean i could totally see this working really well i know when i was in high school i was in student council and you know we did just different leadership exercises that showed like the power of teamwork and things of that nature so it could totally work there but i know that you also have some other examples for us yeah and i mean that just first of all reminded me of the movie the breakup with jennifer aniston and vince vaughn have you ever seen it yeah sitting at the dining room table yeah no i have absolutely that was yeah funny movie okay so i'm sorry that's one of my favorite scenes of all time in any movie <laughs> gary on the kick drum gary come come on the kick drum okay so that's my that's my other tangent um okay so how to prepare for this 
So you, you have to know what you're saying going into these breaks. You can't just wing it, right? Um, so will you tell a joke? Will you um, ask like surveying questions like, hey, is anyone familiar with this musical artist? And people can raise their hand. I mean, it can be that simple. Um, or you can, like I said, like share a fun fact, et cetera. But you have to have a plan. So create that set list. Know what songs you'll play in what order. Kind of balance like slow songs versus fast songs. And Stephen, I, I love what you just said about, okay, in this next song, there'll be an opportunity to clap along. So feel free to enjoy. It could be something that simple. And what this does is one, not only makes your volunteer experience more impactful for your audience, it also gives you such valuable improv experience because when does improv come in during your interview and you have to think on the fly and come up with an answer that you never would have considered out of left field. It's just such valuable experience. Yeah. And you know, you can, plan and and practice improv. So when I'm emceeing a pageant, prior to going out on stage, I ask whomever I'm hosting with, I'm like, hey, what's some funny stories that you've had around pageantry around your childhood? Like, what's an interesting story? Because you know there's going to be delays. And just like if you're doing this um, appearance where you're doing sing-alongs and uh, musicianal activities, like there's going to be some delays. So you want to have certain side tangents just geared up in case there are those awkward silences, um, et cetera. And so pageant is a great way to do that. These activities are a great way to do it. But I just write it out like little notes. So whenever there is a delay, I look down. I'm like, oh, yeah, that story. That's something that can keep the, the event moving along yep, you know, sure. while there's a hiccup. Cool. Definitely. All right. So we have, I mean, doing a musical instrument. We have doing sing-alongs. We have read-alouds. What's next on the agenda to get the most out of the volunteer opportunity? Well, this is a real crowd pleaser. And this is pass out goodies. And like, literally everyone loves treats and gifts. So this is appropriate for any and all age groups or settings. Um, you don't want to run yourself into debt. So like you don't want to like get Yankee candles for every single person you're going to meet. That would be ridiculous. So think about something that is like you might be able to get in bulk. It's cost effective, but it's just thoughtful because people will appreciate the thought that counts. But you definitely want to invest in a t-shirt, like a t-shirt launcher. Like, have you seen those things at like oh arena football games or whatever? Yeah. And they just, they launch the t-shirts all the way up. I'm joking, of course. But um, they're fun. All right. So how do you prepare for this? What kind of goodies do you suggest? And, and what kind of events would be applicable to pass out goodies? Yeah. So um, I'll give some examples of some opportunities to, that this would make sense because obviously going to a school, you're already doing something else. You're not just going to go from class to class handing out goodies. But for example, I volunteered, I went to a, I keep saying like nursing homes, retirement facilities because they're like literally always open to guests because people in those situations often need to feel loved and feel attention and feel acknowledged. Um, so it's a great place to go. So it is like I highly recommend it if you haven't done it. But on Thanksgiving a few years ago when I was competing and I was a title holder, I went to local nursing homes and visited with those that didn't have family visit them or didn't go to see family. Um, so I went from room to room and I just got some M&Ms and these like Thanksgiving like colors. I put them in little baggies and I dropped, was able to drop them off, of course, with the guidance of the nurses on, on staff, et cetera. But it was just something so small that instead of just going from room, hi, I'm Jesse, I'm Miss New York International, it was able to be like, hey, hope you're having a great Thanksgiving. Just want to drop this off for you and and hope your day is going great. It's just some additional talk, talking point um, to be able to pro provide something other than 
hey, it's me, and I'm lovely, and I'm wearing a crown. <laughs> well, it helps break the ice, certainly. It gets something to talk about and like kind of sets up the stage for the conversation. So you're not just coming into the room because it can be awkward. So when I was in um, when I was in Bible college, we would do you know visits, and you don't necessarily want to just go into somebody's hospital bedroom and say, "Hey, I'm here because you're sick, and I feel like you might be lonely." Because that's awkward, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily energy up. So when you come in with a small gift, it's just like, "Oh, it's Thanksgiving. You're here. I just want to drop this off for you." And then they yeah. feel warm and fuzzies, and as do you. It also lets their guard down, right? Because yeah. immediately they're like, oh, this person doesn't want something from me. They're giving me something. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things that like, okay, I, I like this person. That's a nice gesture. And it just softens the entire intro. The other thing I like for usage of gifts is to actually give it, like you only one gift, but to the organizer, the, the person mm-hmm. who helped open up the door to get you into that particular event, just to give them a small thank you. Again, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant, simple thank you card with like a $5 gift card in Starbucks or a $10, something like that, which is like goes a long way for people. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Because how rare is it? I mean, when's the last time you've got a thank you card in the mail, right? I mean, nobody really does that anymore. So by getting something small in the mail, it's like, oh, or you know, like hand delivered, it, like you said, it really drops their card down. I agree. And I will say big disclaimer here um, for how to prepare. You definitely want to speak with, again, group organizer, leader, et cetera, to find out about like, are there common food allergies you need to know about? Like, are there potential choking hazards? Are there certain items that are more favorable than others? This is, again, another situation where help from the expert is very necessary. Yeah, completely. Okay, so what's the uh, what's the fifth one on your agenda? The fifth one is, I guess, the most open-ended, and it's for those that are not musically inclined or you're not um, at that point yet, and it's plan an activity. And, like, this is the most flexible option of all. It works great for small groups or large groups alike. alike you might not always be able to use the same activity, um, but you have to be able to plan based on what you know you can expect. Um, and again, this is for those of us without any other talents to contribute. Yeah, well, I mean, and this could also look like tying into an activity that's already existing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if there's a, I don't know, even if there's a, a high school football game or a college football game and, and you're able to get out there and you're f- able to flip the coin um, yes. before the before the kickoff, something like that could be centered at around the activity. Or if you could be an honorary referee at like a kid's soccer match, <laughs> running around in your sash, if you know anything about soccer, um, you like a lemonade stand to help volunteer, to like help out there, to drive traffic. So there, there's a lot of different ways that you can cut this. I've even seen girls plan out their own activities as far as like auctions or one one girl in Australia, she raised like $15,000 and had all these people in the community. And what she did was a, a kind of a screen on the green. So she had a big inflatable thing and uh, had everybody dress up in 50s attire, sold tickets to it and like concessions while she was there. She raised a crap load of money and um, was able to make a lot of good in the impact and like get the word out about her crown too. So that was really uh, beneficial. That's awesome. And those are great examples. And we're going to give you a couple of other ones for those that are listening. But it's it's what works best for you. None of these are carbon copies that you have to take and use. You can tweak these to fit your personality, to fit your goal, your platform, your audience, et cetera. So these are just ideas to get you thinking. Okay. So any any tips on how to prepare or is it going to be more like based on the event? 
So I think the first thing is just think about your brand, what your overall goals as a title holder are. This can be platform related. It doesn't necessarily have to be platform related. It's totally up to you. So I think figure out what the message you want to talk about in any appearance or what message you want to leave behind and let that guide you through a couple of these actual suggestions. So let's run through a couple of them. So the first, why don't you host a version of a game show? And so if you are in like a 300 people audience of like a high school auditorium, bring up three people, make them compete against each other. You are just the host. They are doing a lot of the work. They're creating a lot of the content. You just have to be prepared to bridge the gap in conversation. Again, this is where improv really comes through. It can be as simple as like just Jeopardy style trivia have a bunch of questions and ask them if they know the answers. It's just something simple, something visual, something to get the group involved. That's that's a really fun idea. I mean, it would be fun almost to do that at pageants, like to like have organizers up there or whatever. But yeah, I I really like that idea about the Jeopardy. Okay, what's another one? Well, and I I will say though, like because you want to keep it consistent with your brand, you can like include questions about your nonprofit cause. So if it's a healthcare related, what are the, some stats you want to quiz people on? Are there famous people associated with your platform or what are the details of your plan that you can quiz? Maybe you, maybe you even want to quiz them on like, Hey, how many miles do you think I've traveled this year? Or where do you, what are some questions about where you plan or where you represent and who knows it best? So it can be, it doesn't have to be generic trivia. It can still be specific to you because it is all about you. Right. Um, (laughs) But just keep it specific and don't keep it general. It is all about her, the giving tree, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. So, all right. I like that. And then you could also say, like, how many people do you think it are affected by this particular disease or by this particular problem? You let the people guess and then you tell them the real number. Totally. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what's the next one? Um, do a vision board exercise. So this is definitely better for small groups, especially students. So we talked a lot about little kids and a lot about elderly, not a lot about in the middle. So this is a great, 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 great activity for those in between those ages. So you can bring in magazines or clippings and encourage them to think about their vision board, walk them through the steps that you use for yours. So like if you hold up your vision board that you brought with you an example, and you can talk through, okay, I chose this because of this goal that I have in mind or et cetera. And then like walk around the room as they're cutting through theirs, ask them why they chose that clipping, et cetera. And then they have their own final product that one, they will always think of you when they look at. And two, it's really uplifting, something that they can remember without you doing a lot of extra work. Yeah, it's really great. Okay, what's the next one? Okay, um, Stephen, I don't know if you've ever done this with your family on road trips, and I have a big family. Have you ever done Mad Libs? What? So I maybe, but I, I don't. Okay. I don't know. But give me more context around because I feel like there used to be these paper book called Mad Libs. Yes, that's it. Okay. So the way the way it works for those that are not familiar with Mad Libs, it's either a, it can come in a book, you can make your own, but it's silly activity where like there's a story or a note and you fill in blanks. So there's like a, there's a blank and underneath it'll say like noun or verb or adjective and you have to pick random words without looking at the story. So if you just pick, okay, I need an adjective and the first part like slimy is the adjective <laughs> you put in slimy if you have a noun you say the empire state building um so you just the first thing that comes to mind you're not necessarily knowing where it will fit in the story and then you read it through and it's generally 
ridiculous and very funny. So if you are in a group of kids, teenagers, whatever, and you're having them yell out these words, you're filling them in and then you read the whole thing together at the end. It takes like no effort to do this. You guys, it is probably the easiest of all the suggestions we're doing, but it engages the entire audience. You can kind of pick and choose where you want to pull, pull the names from, call on people, etc. And it's no pressure for them because it's not like, okay, you don't have to think really hard about picking a verb, an adjective or a noun, but it still is a way for them to be heard. So great. Uh, and you can probably find them on Amazon, like dirt cheap, because I just remember they're like little paper notebooks with a bunch of words on them. Yeah, for sure. Yep. That's, that's, that's a good one. Okay, what's the next? Take surveys. And I don't say like, I'm not saying to write out a survey and hand it out. That would be so boring if I were at an appearance. And it can like, so you can use this in a couple ways. It can be really educational for you. So if you're saying, okay, how many people knew that heart disease was women's number one killer? So you can use it like, like that, like an educational forum for you. And you can say, okay. And then in your interview, you say, I spoke with a hundred people in my community and only five knew that heart disease was women's number one killer. So it can work for you that way. Or you can just pick really funny topics. So how many people are like, would like their significant other to do the laundry more in their house. Like who's not going to raise their hand. So obviously that's a random example, but you could kind of make it funny or silly and just people like raising their hand and contributing. And then they'll turn to their friend and say, Oh my gosh, like I had no idea about this about you. So just something silly and you can pull surveys and random questions. So it has to be yes or no. Right. So you have to have someone raise their hand or leave their hand down. So when you're pulling questions, keep that in mind. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Next one. So play a game. Um, and I would say to prepare for this, ask teachers that you know about classroom games, which are their favorites, which work best. Like I know for me, like mumball, I think we sat on our desks and you threw a ball around. You couldn't talk to anyone. You couldn't say a word and you wanted people to drop the ball. Like that was the whole point. So they weren't paying attention or they weren't focused, et cetera. Like think of if you just went and sat on a a desk with students and played mumball, that's all you'd need to do. You're just, here's this public figure that cares enough about me to take time out of their day to sit on a desk with me and play this game. And you're giving them like meaningful acknowledgement and like, it just goes a long way to inspire them. Okay. Wow. This person's really relatable and they're important, but yet they took time. And so something as simple as playing a classroom game would go a long way. Awesome. And mumball, for those of you that don't know, is spelled like mum, like uh, M-U-M. M's and mom. U. It's great for yeah. teachers to use when they are sick and tired of noise. Like, okay, here's this game where you can't talk. Like, oh my gosh, genius. The teacher <laughs> that thought of that, holy moly. Give her Gold a raise. Star yep. Gold star. Okay, so if you were to wrap this, this whole episode up mm-hmm. in, um, we'll say, a, a paragraph or a few sentences what would you say is the best thing to do to, um, I guess, have a successful um, appearance? Yep. So the most important thing about preparing for an appearance is actually to prepare. Take 30 minutes before an appearance or a community service event and map out what you want to accomplish and how you want to accomplish it. Like I said, you can't just wing it because this isn't just about you checking off a box or checking off hours. And I hate to say it, but some people do that. This is your opportunity to one, learn something about yourself two, learn about your community and three, make someone's day so, so much brighter. That's what volunteerism is all about is building stronger communities. And you do that through connection. So take the 30 minutes 
it's not a lot of time and really map something out. And you might find that one of these activities works great for you. And then you can do it over and over and over again. I'm not saying you have to do something different every single time, have something and make it yours, but do that through preparation, through research. And Jesse, what's that name of the website that we, is a volunteer match? It's volunteermatch.org, my favorite website in the whole world. What you do is you put in where you live, what kind of volunteer or opportunities you want to be a part of, and it will generate personalized results. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse.